Welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. I'm Rachel, and this podcast is where you'll find the space to clear your head and calm your heart. I'm so glad you're here. Make yourself at home. Well, hey there. I'm Rachel, and I'm so glad you've joined us today. You know, I think we have a hope shortage currently, at least a Most of us across the world seem to be struggling in some area or another. And one of the interesting things about hope is its definition. The definition of hope. You know, I'm a word nerd. I just thrive on words and what they mean and how they're interpreted. And so I looked up the definition of hope on dictionary.com. It can be a noun or a verb. So as a noun, It is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Or as a verb, it is to want something to happen or to be the case. I got a little fixated on the word expectation and let me just share with you why. A couple of years ago, my husband and I went on a vacation by ourselves to the beach. We were so excited. You have to know the beach is my very, very favorite thing. It's my happy place. And if I can just sit on the beach and read and let the waves wash up on the shore, it's like they're washing away all of the stress that's in my body. And so one year in particular, I think it was about three years ago, we packed all of our things and arranged our rides for our children for a week and arranged all of the (laughs) details for them while we were gone, the transportation, the food, all that good stuff. And when we finally arrived after, you know, riding in the car and having our flights and getting a rental, we arrived on the beach in our condo and of course it's not enough to actually just stand on the balcony and watch you have to get down on the beach on the sand and sit by the ocean and so we made it there and you have to understand you know this is not an extravagant trip typically that we take we are budget kind of people as you can imagine with the number of children we have And so we had our lunch packed as we sat on the beach. And after a few minutes of sitting there reading, I was excited to just be able to pull out. I know this shows my uh, level of of need here, but I pulled out my PB&J and I had it right in front of my mouth, holding it with both hands, just about to take a bite, when all of a sudden a huge seagull came swarming over my shoulder and snatched it right out of my hand. It was so unexpected. And I think that is what happens to us many times in our lives when it comes to the feeling of hope. We have a certain expectation. We think that something in our mind is going to go one way. And then it turns out to go a completely different way. D.R. Denton, a writer from the Gospel Coalition, says that hope is not wishful thinking, but it is confident expectation. 
Now, since the fall of man, God's word has told us that his son would be the hope of the world. Jesus came so that he could be our hope. And in Genesis 3.15, as soon as the fall of man upon the sin, God told Satan, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will crush his heel. And this was Jesus he was talking about. Jesus would crush the head of Satan. The promise of a Savior had been passed down from generation to generation since the fall of man until we get to the book of Isaiah, who provides a beautiful description who Jesus would be. In multiple chapters, Isaiah prophesies about the birth of Jesus. And in Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This was a beautiful prophecy regarding the Son of God who would be coming to save the world. He would be a king. And the expectation of the Jews, God's chosen people, was exactly that. Those who knew the prophecies from Isaiah all the way back to Genesis, even in the book of Psalms, there are prophecies of Jesus' birth. And the Jews, God's chosen people who knew these prophecies, had an expectation of how they thought God, their Savior, Jesus, was coming. Number one, they thought that he would be a warrior who would save the people from the Roman government. And then number two, they thought he would be a king with power and wealth, commanding and demanding obedience. And then number three, many of them knew that he would be arriving in Bethlehem. So he would be a warrior, a king, a savior, and he would arrive in Bethlehem. This was their expectation, and I don't think their expectation was wrong. Jesus is our warrior. He is our king. He did arrive in Bethlehem. What was wrong with their expectation was not necessarily what they thought would happen, but their perspective on what they knew to be true. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Jesus was expected. He was long expected. We sing the hymn, Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. But the details of how and when and where, those were a bit unexpected. Because this valiant warrior Jesus, his efforts looked nothing like those of his ancestors. I've been reading in the book of Judges recently, and as I read through the Judges, even though these judges were not kings, time after time, 
God used a judge to save his people from the enemy. And then Jesus, his kingdom was completely different. Rather than demanding and commanding, it called for complete humility. Passage after passage in Matthew, truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That's Matthew eleven, eleven and 12. And then in Matthew 18, he says, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus also said, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of heaven in Matthew nineteen fourteen and 15. Do you see how their expectation of a humble servant was not exactly there? They did not see Jesus coming as a humble servant. An unlikely stable slightly outside of town with a manger for a bed didn't make an obvious throne room. When Jesus was born, his parents didn't plan a gender reveal party. No one ordered a baby shower cake. Oh, Mary, yes, as the mother, she prepared for the arrival of her baby. But a business trip for tax purposes was probably the last thing on her agenda. Riding a donkey most likely would have been her last wish in the nine month of pregnancy. And the point is, Jesus wasn't born under ideal circumstances. Despite the stable, most of us would deem unsuitable accommodations. The light of the world made his grand entrance in the form of a little baby. Human flesh held the Son of God and the glory of the night could not be contained. Angels sang their glory to God and hope, true hope for the world was born. But we can't really blame those Jews who didn't see Jesus coming in a stable because the truth is our own expectations often result in struggle. We sometimes have untrue expectations, setting ourselves on things that simply are not true, principles and promises that are not a part of God's word. And then sometimes we struggle with unrealistic expectations. It's not that they aren't true They just aren't viable or practical. And then sometimes we struggle with unmet expectations. I think that would be where unanswered prayers enter in. I guess in spite of all the trouble with expectations, whether the ones the Jews had across the years or our own today, I would ask you the question, where are you looking for Jesus this season. Because remember, the definition of hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. I ask myself where I'm looking for Jesus because it's so easy to get caught up in expectations. The glimmering tree, the perfect gift for loved ones, maybe a checkoff list of holiday traditions, a well-stocked pantry, a bonus padded bank account. Are your eyes set on the season ahead, focusing on the glitz and the glamour? Do you expect God to show up in the Holiday Inn's highlight reel or even the Instagram highlight reel? Many of you have heard my family story and some of you may only be listening for the first time. 
you know, I grew up in a Christian school. My parents were Christians. I graduated and went to Christian college and even completed the circle by teaching in a Christian school. For those of you who have not heard my story before, or maybe even some of you have heard it, I'm sharing this because when I graduated from high school and when I graduated from college, the hope that I had, the feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen was a beautiful life ahead. And I married a young man from the Bible college where I graduated from. We proceeded to have a beautiful little girl, and it seemed that my dreams were coming true. Only this young man, instead of following through and becoming a youth pastor or pastor as he had intended his schooling to set him up to be, he chose to have an affair, and my dreams were shattered. The expectation of what I thought life would look like was certainly not what happened. That was only the beginning of my desperate place because I had a beautiful little girl with this man. She was three years old at the time of our separation, and I knew that she had some special needs of of some sort. It turned out that we would receive a diagnosis for her of mucopolysaccharidosis, a neurologically generative disease. So for 22 years, my sweet Taylor grew up And instead of hitting milestones and watching her grow and succeed, as most children do, we instead watched a gradual neurological decline where she went from calling me mommy to not being able to speak at all. Our most desperate places are the most fitting spaces for the thrill of hope. You know, in this season, we talk about the thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn, as the old hymn says. But sometimes our expectation is that the thrill of hope will be in the bright lights. We think and look for the thrill of hope on the mountains. And I'm here to share with you that our most desperate places are where the thrill of hope fits the best. Romans 12, 12 says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. I want to encourage you today that hope has come. Jesus is the hope for the world. He is with you. You can be patient in affliction because of his presence. And as Romans 12, 12 said, faithful in prayer. Let me encourage you to faithfully pray, especially this month, as we grow closer each day to the celebration of the birth of Jesus. As we walk through this Advent season, let me encourage you to take the time to pray and to ask God to bring a fresh dose of joy into your life. He is our thrill of hope. If expectations are a struggle for you during this holiday season, let me encourage you just to drop any untrue, unrealistic, or unmet expectations and put yourself at the place of the Father. Lie your head on his chest and listen to the heartbeat of what he has for you. Get into God's word and set your spiritual hopes or expectations on what the Holy Spirit has for you. I can't wait to share with you next time. This is where hope begins. 
Thanks so much for listening in today. Until next time, God sees you and knows your need. Thank you for listening to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to subscribe. For show notes and free resources, visit rachelwojo.com. See you again soon. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.